Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Coming to you from the city of the weird. Exploring topics from the esoteric and unexplored to dimensions unknown. Shining a light of truth on the darkest corners of our reality. Welcome to the Curious Realm. Hello, everybody, and welcome, welcome to this most hallowed of nights, All Souls Day, Dia de los Muertos, as it is called in Mexico. The veil is thin this evening. We will be talking about that with our good friend Anseline in the second part of the show after a commercial break. Uh, what, what real witchery is, uh, Halloween misconceptions, uh, misconceptions of origins, uh, what, what really is spell casting? We'll be getting into that and many more topics like that with Anseline of the Caravan Library of Lore, as well as KPNL Radio, uh, in the second part of our show tonight after commercial break. In the first part of the show, we will be talking with our good friend, the security consultant and investigator for 5 by 5 News, the amazing Mike Turber, is on hold as we speak, folks. Uh, knowing the fact that we're live, we're here, we're going to be going, of course, through the news of the week. So let's hop on over to the Facebook. News of the week is, of course, always brought to you by the Curious Realm Facebook group. That is where you can carry on conversation with other curious minds about topics of the day. Emerging sciences, things like that. Out of interestingengineering.com, a new magnet-free electric motor needs no maintenance. Now, this article actually came out a few months ago, but for some reason just popped up on my feed, and I decided to share it. Oh, look, there's the live show. Um, out of SpaceX, Space uh, or TechCrunch, SpaceX successfully launches Falcon Heavy for the fourth time ever. Uh, big news there. Uh, uniquely Arkansas, the Falk Monster Market keeps the legend alive. If you're ever in Falk, Arkansas, make sure to stop on by the Monster Mart. They have a really great little museum. 
of Falk Monster foot casts, all kinds of great things. That is coming to you out of Arkansas Living Magazine. Um, out of New Atlas, tiny solid state LIDAR device can 3D map a full 180 degree field of view. Pretty amazing stuff there. Um, out of blog.physicsastronomy.com, NASA admits Alcubierre Drive initiative faster than the speed of light. We, that is exactly what we will be talking about with our good friend Mike Turber here in just a few minutes. Stop on by, folks. Uh, check out the Curious Realm. If you hop on by Knowledge Vault, Curious Realm forward slash knowledge. Uh, the first page there is declassified programs and documents. And if you click on that, as you can see, the first item there is Lockheed Martin Mini Reactor. And if you click that, you will be taken to the actively released patent. This is fairly new out in the world. Um, I mean, you can see it was approved, uh, published in 2018. It was filed for in 2014. Um, but this was just made public in a couple of articles. One of them that I posted from Sandbox the other day talking about Lockheed Martin has a patent for fusion powered fighters and bombers. Um, we, we, we have long sought this technology in the United States. It is not the first time that we have talked about nuclear powered aircraft. Um, this is the first time that it had ever, that it has ever come out that there is a full on patent. Um, and that this reactor is large and or small enough. I say large enough, small and compact enough to fit inside of the F-16 Fighting Falcon platform from the U.S. Air Force. Now, uh, of course, our good friend Mike Turber is on hold right now. I'd like to play this video of him out at Plant 42. Okay, so what we have here is Plant 42. In the background here, what you see, that building is six, the smaller building is building 611. That is the engineering building. That's where some of your administration offices are and what have you. Behind it, which you can't see, um, well, the big building there, I'll tell you that, that what that is in a minute. Uh, but behind it is building 608. Building 608 is where they have the uh, simulations. So all your simulators are in there uh, for flying basically all the aircraft that they make. And of course the big building is building 601. 601 is the main fabrication building. That's where they attach wings and do the main body and all that. And uh, That building there is 855,000 square feet. Great video there from our good friend Mike Turber from 5x5 News. Uh, welcome back to the show. How have you been doing, my good friend? Oh, wow, watching that video. Um, yeah, I've, uh, I've, been, I've been doing well. Um, getting ready to, to transplant myself back to the West Coast again here soon, so I'm working on that and trying to get some uh, things squared up here with the Tiger King up and some other things i've got local some, some couple local investigations that i started while i was here um i can wrap those up and get back to the west coast so that's what i'm working on right now you are always in the thickest stuff man and to know that you are still getting tiger king revelations 
is yeah. is absolutely amazing. Uh, we've got to do a whole episode on that and get all the updates because, man, it is it has become such an incredible. So, like, it was already an incredible story, but to see where it has come to now, um, yeah. and the <laughs> things even that you've told me off air, stuff like that, are just are jaw dropping. Right. It's going to be one of those stories that, you know, in a few years you will be saying, I wonder what happened or I wonder what's going on with blah, blah, blah now, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And some of the stories are tragic. And some of the stories are, are amazing. Uh, definitely, if you had watched the um, the show, you would not have expected that uh, some of the things that have occurred after the show basically was aired uh, to have occurred. And, it, and it's just it, it's kind of a interesting Especially from the perspective I have on it with my relationship with Carol and Howard and and that kind of being embedded in that a little bit. It's kind of interesting to to see it from that perspective because it was kind of a rare perspective to see it. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, you know, that with the, the, the drone situations, uh, going on around the world, the Afghanistan deal, just so you know, the main group of people that I was trying to get out of Afghanistan are out. Um, uh, they're not all the way where they need to be yet, but uh, we're working on that. So uh, funding is always an issue, and trying to get Department of State approval for stuff is obviously an ongoing thing. Yeah. But, um, yeah, a lot of irons in the fire and uh, some really interesting stuff, I'll tell you offline, that just happened uh, two days ago that uh, might be uh, um, definitely show-topic-worthy, uh, absolutely show-topic-worthy, I'll put it that way, uh, very soon. So uh, I'll give you a hint on what that is uh, uh, privately. There, there, there is rarely a conversation we have on or off air that I don't think is show topic worthy, man. Um, <laughs> uh, there, it is just a, a world of stuff every time I talk to you. Just, just the fact that, and I remember when you posted this video and the fact that there ain't even any hiding this building. It's like on no. the side of a major thoroughfare and it's just got a skunk on the side. You know, just like loud, loud and proud. This is where your secret money is spent, folks. Yep. <laughs> that is, that's, that's your plant 42. That's your Air Force plant 42, which is kind of um, mixed in with the Palmdale International Airport. Um, it's kind of odd to go to a place that you know is probably one of the most highly secretive places on the planet with very few topping it. Like Area 51 would obviously mm-hmm. be in consideration. Uh, but Planet 42 is home to, uh, well, obviously Skunk Works, which is the producer of the SR-71, F-117 Nighthawk, yeah. and you know all these different aircraft and space technologies. And now we're looking at possible fusion technology. But keep in mind that video that that was on that you um, the video you saw was just me around Planet 42. I wish I could show the inside part. Um, which I did do in one of the buildings, but I had to yeah. not show that one. Uh, but anyway, so the other video I have on the channel there is the video that shows them working on the compact fusion reactor back in 2014 when they first applied for the patent. Um, and when they discussed it, uh, they said that they would have uh, possibly a working prototype in five years. Well, that would have put it at about 2019. Well, they got approval for the patent in 2018. But no one really put it, a lot of uh, emphasis on it because it wasn't clear 
I guess, what it meant. Because if you read the patent, you have the patent there, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I've I've yeah. got the patent right here in front of us, folks. I mean, there, there the it is. The title of the patent is, is not something that someone would look at and go, well, wow, that could possibly yeah. power a plane or this yeah. or that. Encapsulating magnetic fields for plasma confinement is, is yeah. the title and of the patent application. Exactly. So in, in true nerd speak, uh, most people would just, you know, swap over that thinking, it, you know, you know, who knows what that is, you know. Um, mm. But the implications of what those words mean when you put them together are mind-boggling. It is not not a game changer. It's a world changer. It's an yeah. everything changer. Um, and that's, that's what fusion will bring. And, of course, we have heard this for 50 years or more. That fusion is just around the corner. We're ten years away, just like the movie Money Pit with Tom Hanks and the guy saying, "How long before your house is going to be ready?" Two weeks, and after about six months, it's laughable. Yeah. So now, when people hear about fusion, it, it too is somewhat a joking, a, a jokeable subject. Jokeable is that a word? Sure. I just made it up. Is that a new word? Put it in the dictionary. Um, so when you when you look at it from the aspect that okay. People are tired of hearing about fusion being a possible possibility. Well, what it takes to make fusion is just like what it took to get us to the moon. It takes a lot of money and a lot of manpower to get that done. The difference that Lockheed has that has truly turned everyone's head is the fact that most types of reactors, fission or fusion or whatever, um, are lucky to get 1% to 5% efficiency. Yeah. Out of the out of the reactor, this reactor, its efficiency will be one, which means one hundred percent energy efficiency. That's just un, unbelievable. But that's what their patent says. Of course, we've seen some patents recently that we would also think were unbelievable, like the Salpais uh, patent that uh, the Navy um, acquired. Um, which effectively would be a tic-tac, you know, if you're looking at sure. it that way. But, you know, back when, when I looked at Lockheed Martin as a possible suspect for building the tic-tac, if it was truly a, a actual flying object that we controlled, um, I had, I was looking for a power source and, and Jack Sarfati and myself, we were, you know, when I did the show with him, um, a couple of shows actually, we, we, um, we discussed the power source for the tic-tac and he said he could power it with a nine volt battery. And of course I was, looking at it as, you know, that's not possible, but a viable power source would have to be a fusion reactor or something that's attainable. Yeah, um, that, that's what's been said for the longest time, is that you would have to have the power of the sun to yep. to warp space and time, to, to make an object disappear, to, to produce these exactly. kind of, quote, quantum effects inside of a material. Exactly. And a fusion reactor might not even be enough to even do that um but it it's going to be the most um you know the, the best thing we have going so far as far as being able to produce energy and it's the number one it's the holy grail of energy it literally is the holy grail of energy and that once we are able to produce fusion longer than five seconds uh we will um and and it be you know more energy out than what we put into it uh, that that is your game changer there. It looks like Lockheed 
has either done it, is very close to doing it, because when you file for a patent for something, you have to have a working model. Some form, uh, exactly. Some form of working prototype or, or complete um, description or something that you can pass off to the attorneys at the patent office as something that is a viable, actual possibility that it can be made. Um, keep in mind, like Sal Pais, his, um, his, uh, one of his patents were kicked back, but the Navy actually called, I think the head of that group in the Navy, called the patent office and said, not only is it possible, we have a functioning, uh, you know, prototype, um, which kind of blew my mind. But, um, uh, but that's, that's essentially where we're at with this patent and which is weird because two years ago when I first put that video out, it didn't, you know, you just, you don't really get a lot of hits from it because you just, people don't really know what the implications are. Um, but I think this is probably going to shake it a little bit more. It's going to get a little bit more mainstream and we'll see exactly oh, another aircraft just took off from Afghanistan. That's what that was. Um, so, what we're looking at here is a object. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That is a machine that can fit inside the fuselage of an F-16 and power the turbofan engines of an F-16. That is amazing. Um, and I think it's what 50 megawatts of power is what they're looking at, but 100 megawatts of power can power a city of 100,000 people? Yeah. And that's, that's crazy. So that's where we're at with this thing. And, and if, you know, when you go back and you look at like, nuclear-powered aircraft is not new. This, this is soon after World War II, we became enamored with uh, a lot of practical applications on how we could use the nuclear energy that we basically just figured out for that war um, when they dropped the bombs on, you know, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Yeah. And so now they took that energy uh, creation device and, and, and shrunk it and put it in a plane. The EB-36, uh, I believe it was, was the, uh, a B-36 bomber that was, um, or HB, um, was converted to actually run off of uh, nuclear power, but it had like a one megawatt uh, generation. It wasn't enough to run the aircraft, but it was enough to prove how if it was viable or not. Yeah. So that plane flew, um, but with a lot of lead, one foot glass, 
That's how thick the glass was. The lead glass was in the cockpit was one foot thick. Can you imagine? Wow. Um, and it's a lead encased uh, cockpit and all that. Uh, and it took a lot to even get that plane to fly with just the one megawatt generation, which is, again, not enough to run the plane, but it was enough to, to prove if it was viable. So as soon as that plane lands, they had to park it over a its bomb bay door had to open up. They had to drop the nuclear uh, power plant into a, 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 a underground facility, lock it up before anyone could move around that plane. Um, it's not, not working. So that's fission. But fusion, which is the essentially the opposite of fission, one is the splitting of the atom, and the other is, is the fusion of, of two atoms together to create a heavier uh, element or isotope or what have you. And, and that produces energy in a different way, which is much more efficient, much more reliable, um, and, mu- and much more safer uh, for everyone involved. So this is, this is going to be an interesting thing to see how it pans out. Well, and what are your I, I mean, over over the last year, we have seen article after article. I mean, we post it, we talk about it regularly about um, fusion reactors in China, you know, other fusion mm-hmm. reactors that have that have actually hit the point of, you know, temperatures of the sun. Um, yeah. And and, you know. It, to know that that is what's in the news. Mm-hmm. Yet still here we are looking at a patent from 2018. Right. Talking about something that is is approximately the size of the the engine on your car. Right. Because once again, this is just a fuel cell. All that all this does is take the place of charged batteries and fuel. There's still there's still at least according to this, there's still an engine on the airplane everything right. else now it could be used oh. to power all kinds of exotic technologies most definitely um yeah but even the def- way it works essentially is is the the what produces thrust on a jet aircraft that a jet powered aircraft is air comes in to the turbofan from the inside the air is compressed and heated and then pushed out the back Fuels injected into that superheated air and then ignited, and then that's what comes out the back, and that's how you get your thrust. So what this is going to do is basically replace that compressor part uh, by actually just producing the extremely hot gas or hot air um, without necessarily going through the compressing process, um, and and it can do it unlimited. Um, of course, you'll, you would need the engines to start up normally anyway, so you might need the other components to begin with before this ramps up the speed. But but that is effectively what it does. It's like a heat exchanger. It, it, it effectively becomes that. It's a heat exchanger where it takes in the cool air, the radioactive material um, heats that air, and then through whatever process they have apparently mastered at Lockheed Martin, pushes that superheated air back into the combustion chamber, if you want to call it that. Um, and then uh, and the fuel is sprayed or atomized into the jet flow of air and then ignited. And then what comes out the back is going to produce your thrust. 
Um, so this power plant would be central, like on the central fuselage, but would, would send, uh, that superheated air to both, uh, both power plants, like a F-16 is a single power plant, but, yeah. but there's, you know, if they, if they modified it to fit whatever aircraft they wanted. Yeah, F-18 for standard Navy, what have you. Yep. Yep. Two engines there. And, you know, and keep in mind, this was done back in the 50s, back in 58, I think it was. Um, they produced a viable working jet engine. I think it was the 87, the JL 87 by, um, GE. If, if memory, I'm going by memory here. Um, and, uh, that engine was, you know, was working with the, uh, uh with that process. Uh, but again, that was fusion. And the problem with that was the, the exchange happened over the raw, like, material. That would, so what was coming out of the aircraft was radioactive air. Um, not a good thing. Uh, this system is more of a, like a closed loop kind of system, I guess, to, to a degree. Uh, whereas the, it, you know, the heat exchanger is, is being heated and, and then that in turn heats the air. Um, yeah. Which sounds like a simple thing to do, which, you know, just from the process of, well, don't heat the actual air with the actual material, <laughs> you know, have it heat something that heats something else, much like we do at nuclear power plants where we have the water that's heated and that turns to steam, steam turns to turbines, turbines make the electricity. Uh, uh, but what we're looking at this technology as, uh, as a true game changer, as they said in, in the other video. If you actually, if you want to, if you want to play that other video, you can. I, it's, um, I am looking it up as we speak, my friend, uh, yeah, trying it, to find it's it. It's a little bit old on my channel. It'll say uh, Lockheed Powered Tic Tac or something like that. But the, you know, the patent is, you know, keep in mind back when we looked at several other patents, like the Navy patents, the famous patents from Salteus, there was a lot of questions, uh, a lot more questions than answers that came out. Now, uh, I, I did see his uh, interview that he did with Kurt um, uh, Jamungle, I think that's his name, um, at, uh, at Toe, which is, uh, I can't remember what the hell it's for. <laughs> uh, oh, Theories of Everything, that's what it is. Um, there's an actual good, really good interview with Sal Payas. I've never seen him in an interview. In this interview, it was actually pretty interesting. You got it? There, let's see it. Here is the actual product video that I've been searching for. Yep, that's it. Fifty years ago, when people were super excited about nuclear power, we tried to put it on everything, including airplanes. There were some big operational issues that wasn't safe. Fusion is a much safer option. 
A next generation of airplanes that doesn't rely on fuel and can just stay aloft. Unlimited range, unlimited endurance. That's what nuclear fusion can do for an airplane. And for those of you listening, this this the reactor that he's working on presently the in the lab works. is probably about if the size a of a gas, college mini fridge. The one behind it is maybe about the size, oversized the SUV size. They can overcome their mutual repulsion and collide, fuse into one piece. When they do that, they release a lot of energy, a million times more powerful than a chemical reaction, for example. What we're trying to do is control that reaction here on Earth. We put it in a magnetic bottle that can contain the high temperatures. You need hundreds of millions of degrees. We can release in a controlled fashion that energy. We think we have a very robust strategy going forward that has potential for success. What this concept does is it's a high beta concept, which means we use a high fraction of the magnetic field pressure. We use all of its potential. And that means we can make our devices 10 times smaller. So instead of a, something the size of a building, we have something the size of a large truck. The small is the reason we can do this quickly. If something's small, you can build up momentum, you can develop it fast. It doesn't take five years to design it, it takes three months. We can design it, build it, test it in under a year. We can do several of these cycles, and we think we can get to a prototype in five years. Every time you do plasma physics, you learn something new. And that's why this is a high-risk, high-payoff endeavor. That's what we're doing here, is testing that concept out to see if it really holds the promise that it appears to. And as a defense company, our increasing mission is to enhance global security, and this is how we do that in the energy realm. Mm. The world already does 40 gigawatts of gas turbines a year. The gas line going into that gas turbine, we're going to replace that with a heat exchanger coming off our fusion reactor. We basically use the gas turbine infrastructure completely. We partner with one of those companies, and we ship fusion-powered turbine plants around the world, and we expand that technology. Gas turbines are a huge improvement over other technologies in terms of climate change, but they're only a 50% improvement. We take it all the way. So no emissions, safe operation, proliferation-free. That means we can ship it to the whole world with a good conscience. Now, the old promise of atoms for peace was a noble one, but oh. ultimately flawed because the technology wasn't right for it. We can achieve that grand vision and bring clean power to the world. The true atomic age can start. Ten years, we have great military vehicles. Twenty years, we have clean power for the world. This isn't online by 2100. This is online by the time I can't even retire after we finish this. I still have to find another job after this is done. And that is the scale of rapidity with which yep. this technology moves. That that video, once again, folks, was 20, 2015? Yeah, 2014, 2015, in that range. Yeah, exactly. And, and the patent was applied for, I think, the original one was late 2013 or 2014 in that range. And yeah. then uh, it was approved in 2018. Back quietly, you know, no, no big deal, you know, no, no yeah. one really. I mean, well, it caught my eye. And, <laughs> but, and how often do you see skunk works? Like, like I've got it paused <laughs> on the logo. Like, right. uh, like here's our product video. You know, here's right. our yeah. sizzle reel of the technology. 
Um, exactly. Not something that you would see them pull every day. And that is yeah. that is technology that is pretty up there, pretty out there. And for them to say back in 2015, like he said, to, like, I'm going to have to find a new job when yeah. this is done. Now, there's, there are several key aspects to the patent that are probably I, I honestly have not seen the patent since the since the approval. I've seen it before then. I'm assuming it's pretty much the same. Um, but there are certain processes that the containment of that energy, keep in mind this, this, this is going to produce a temperature hotter, not as hot, not as hot as the surface of the sun, which is only in, say, 10 to 5,000 degrees, but millions of degrees yep. inside that small chamber, which is probably no bigger than about a football or maybe a little bit larger than a probably like a anywhere from a football to say a 55 gallon drum. And that range is what you're looking at on yeah. the screen right now. Um, and that those, those two uh, circles there are essentially high powered magnets that can control the plasma. You, and those two things pointing into it can't really say what they are, but we'll just say that it's a very radical version of a laser. Sure. Um, using lasers as part of the confinement along with magnetics, um, is pretty much, uh, gonna, you know, you know, is where the technology is. Um, now some of this technology, there's a company called EMC2, which is EMC squared, um, at which the Navy had put a lot of money into, uh, just before Lockheed pretty much, uh, kind of took over, um, that process. Yeah. But, um, and you know the the race for the you know for for who could come up with a viable fusion solution. Um, if this patent comes through as promised, keep, uh, keep in mind the military is going to have it first because obvious reasons. It's it's partly a security issue, um, or what, it is even a like the issue. scientists said for twenty yeah. years we'll have some great military vehicles. After that, That's great right. power for everybody. That's right. And of course, course, the normal, the average person is going to go, wait, that's not right. You should simultaneously do that. Well, (laughs) uh, yeah, sure. Well, unfortunately, just like with NASA and with all these large black projects, black projects and all these uh, high budget, you know, even public projects, it has to go to that first to get the technology developed. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And then after that, then it's disseminated amongst uh, the other other industries and what have you. So. Absolutely. Because as we've said numerous times, what 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 I believe we are seeing amongst all the UFO, UAP, everything else is a full on dissemination of our own technology. Yep. Because without admitting it exists, we cannot monetize it to the next realm. Right. It, and, it, and you can't be surprised that Lockheed is, is the leader of this because the... Absolutely not. They, they started producing 
or started working on aircraft that could fly being powered by nuclear power, I believe as early as 1958 or so is when they they the Air Force has plants around the yeah. country, and they're just numbered. Plant 42, obviously, is where Skunk Works is. Plant 44 is a secret facility that's in Tucson, Arizona, that ran primarily by Raytheon. Good luck finding that on any map anywhere. But, yeah, that's a Plant uh, 44. And Plant 67 was a plant that was began in Dawsonville, Georgia. It's about 10,000 acres. And that was a facility where they were testing a lot of uh, things as to what what would this nuclear energy do. They they actually irradiated the forest around it, um, where no animals, nothing was living there for like a, a square mile around this place. Um, and now it's a, I think it's a park now, it's a or a forestry uh, reserve, or whatever it is. But um, that's just outside Atlanta, which is where where Plant sixty seven was. So. They've been doing that since since then, so they have a lot of background knowledge on producing this stuff. Um, and here, here we have we, we're finally looking at something yeah. that that might already be flying, possibly. Well, um, and I, uh, and that's just it. Already be flying, and and when you're talking yeah. about um, the heat signatures that we've seen. And things like that, the the speeds that we've seen, you know, mm-hmm. even even if you're looking at uh, the speeds that can be attained by scramjet, things right. like that, which are known technologies, experimented with technologies. That's that's not even including this kind of power plant behind that right. technology, you yep. know. So yeah, you would you would be talking easy hypersonic speeds. Um, yep. and and power is everything. I mean, uh, you, keep, you know, if you look at a nuclear powered aircraft carrier, the amount of room of the equipment that's necessary to to run that ship and a submarine is is enormous. It's maybe about a third of a submarine ship is is devoted to that nuclear power plant. Imagine going in and being able to put this object, the which. Um, I guess I, I can't say I've seen one or, or what have you, but we'll just say that the concept of it uh, was discussed about uh, on a conference table. We'll say that. Um, so imagine an object, just like you said earlier, about the size of a car engine um, that is producing 100 megawatts of power, yeah. um, you know, with unlimited fuel supply, a plane that can slaughter for days, weeks, months, or forever, um, just flying around doing what it does, ISR, you know, so you have intelligence, you have reconnaissance, surveillance, um, and those are going to be probably the first primary uses for it. I don't really see a fighter being the first ob- uh, obvious use because the loitering capability is what I would think that the reconnaissance uh, versions would uh, make more sense, but um, they did say size of an F-16, an F-16 could uh, carry that power plant, which might be a clue as to what the test bed might be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah, I've been, a, I've been A-being the whole time. The, the picture, the still frame picture from the video of them uh-huh. actively handling yeah. the, the ring that's inside of the, inside yeah, of the, the ring. 
There you go. Yeah, you can throw a football through that. The internal coil. And yeah, yeah. I mean, you can see the size of this containment rig. It's Uh it's easily the size of an aircraft engine. Yep. Yep. Easily. And that would fit easily in a fuselage. I mean, I can't wait till Chris Lado, um, who's a former F 16 pilot, now turned paranormal slash uh, UFO investigator, until he hears this um, and see what his take is on it. Uh, so that would, that'll be pretty interesting. Well, and, you know, once again, folks, uh, nobody's saying that this is, uh, we, we've, I have held the whole time. I don't think that any of the videos that we are seeing are, uh, that have been declassified now, um, are alien technology or alien in origin. I have, I have held the entire time that it is our technology that we are a being it red team, blue teaming it against our own known quantitives like passive radar, things mm-hmm. like that. It it makes a whole lot more sense. It makes a whole lot more sense as to why Air Force officials, the people in charge of the F-16 <laughs> platform would <laughs> would be hopping aboard a naval carrier. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's an area of contention. That, 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 it's a big it, one. That's one of the things. Oh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a big deal to have, you know, a, a not an opposing force, but to have an, another entity, another armed yeah. service come into your armed service and remove, you know, all, all of the data and what have you. Uh, but they were accompanied by a couple of plainclothes people, uh, that were from a specific company, which company I'm not a hundred percent, but it's either Lockheed Martin or Raytheon. I believe it's one of those two. Um, that came with them, uh, because they had their hands in quite a bit of all of the equipment that was utilized to, uh, fly, to record, and to, uh, basically manage that whole theater, or not necessarily theater, but the, uh, the training area. Yeah. Um, so there's a, there's a lot, there's a lot of things where this stretches out into where you have to wonder, okay, how, when, when did their first prototype, uh, start working they said they had a they would have one within five years well that would be 2019 which would pass all the videos that we've seen um like the 2004 nemesis 2015 on the uh, roosevelt yeah but some of the more recent videos you know who knows i i don't think this technology is is in any of that i believe a lot of that's prosaic um and also even though this would be prosaic but probably not this but the power plant i think giving the ability to loiter is going to be one of the primary things and to have a small power plant going to a vessel that otherwise could use that area to hold more weapons, which is going to be something that the Senate Appropriations Committee and the uh, you know, Intelligence Law Committee, all these different committees that, that look at what is going to be funded, they're going to say, wow, we can put more more missiles on a submarine just by making shrinking the size of the engine. Yeah, there's your um, HB-36, I think. Yeah. Um, it's, it's an amazing, an amazing thing. And the, keep in mind, this is 2,000% more efficient than anything that has been proposed or has been shown before, meaning going from 1% to 5% to 100% efficiency. Um, that's a huge statement for Lockheed to make. And they would not make that statement if they didn't feel they could back it up. Lockheed is not some upstart company that's yeah. coming out trying to make a name for themselves and they say some outlandish crap 
just to get their name out there so investors could pump some money into them. So, you know, they don't need that. They, they you know, they're a multi, multi billion dollar company. It's probably, uh, the, one of the, well, definitely in the top three for the military. And it's amazing the things that they are already made and have made. Um, there's Project Pluto. That's for slam missile right there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So nuclear powered ramjet engines, basically superheat the air as it comes in. You can make a ramjet with a mason jar and a yeah. screwdriver and a bottle of heat, which is that stuff you put in your fuel to uh, get the water out of the lines and stuff. And um, that's essentially what you, what you would be making. That's what these engines are, as simplistic as they are. You just superheat the air. The air uh, then radically expands when um, when you add a fuel mixture into it and ignite it. It comes out the back of thrust. It's an amazingly sim- simple idea with very few moving parts. In fact, with some of the pulse screen jet, there's like no moving parts. Yeah, um, exactly, exactly. Yeah, have you have you made one of those yet? Yeah, have to show you the video. I've, I've, I've made a very tiny one. I've made a very there tiny you. one before, about the size of like a twenty ounce bottle. There you and go. That was there that was go. about enough for me to be like, okay, I shouldn't be playing with this. <laughs> this <laughs> like is, out of this, this, this is going <laughs> to be way too much fun, and I will go down a rabbit hole that I probably shouldn't okay. go down living in an apartment. Yeah, a very loud rubber hole. Those things are loud and they're loud. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean that tiny little bottle sounded like a moped going down the road. It yep. was it was pretty impressive. Um So while watching yeah. all your, your, your articles that you put that you basically grab and, and put into the, the stream on um on Facebook onto the group there, it, there there is so much I mean, five years ago the amount of new technology that just keeps hitting is just it seems like it's ramped up so exponential it's very difficult to keep up with uh by any means but it's so interesting when a story like this comes out that you know i got to to visit the facility i got to to see certain things and what have you and um and and then now it comes out and i'm like wow i i reported on this two years ago no big deal but here it is and um you know Hopefully we'll have something in the skies. Maybe we already have something in the skies. Maybe, I don't know, maybe the son of of Blackbird might yeah. use this power or that aircraft. That's the FX right there. That That's a very sleek, beautiful aircraft. Yeah, and this was this was 2020. They were talking about the fact that they were they were just flying their new prototypes and and yep. things like that. Um, mm-hmm. But. But when you are talking about especially things like the X-37B, right. the, the unmanned platform, the, the reach into space with the Space Force, and, and don't get yeah. me wrong, folks, that is, that is no new initiative. The Space Force initiative has been around since I was a kid. Um, yeah. I mean, basically, expansion of Space Command. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Space Command in in Cheyenne Mountain was the beginnings mm-hmm. of all that. So, yep. and, and the it's fact not- that we were tracking every piece of space junk, much less every satellite. Uh, not mm-hmm. many people know that we actively, since before the the creation of U.S. Space Force, actively had like Sentinel satellites that went around and verified the fact that hey. This satellite's doing what it's supposed to be doing. Um, mm-hmm. And if not, well, we had things that could definitely down a satellite. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Some of them are just as simple as throwing BBs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But then you produce more problems. So if the catch 22, if you try to destroy a satellite, you might end up destroying one of your own, which actually has happened when, uh, I think China, when a China's satellites hit a Russian satellite and then that hit something else. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a whole chain reaction. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, but even they've admitted that, you know, the, the Chinese by they, uh, have admitted the fact that they have, uh, satellites capable of destroying satellites things like that so oh, yeah. when you're talking yeah, about their, their own uh, their whole space station which i yeah. believe the, the the final piece is either gone up or going up now, yeah. the, the uh, uh space forces uh, uh launch 44 we'll just call it that uh just went up went off uh yesterday with it and that that was a, a neat launch um because the falcon heavy is is a beautiful uh, rockets to watch go off it's loud and what oh, have you but the fog from banding bird came to florida and <laughs> surrounded it you couldn't see hardly anything but when they came back it was neat poor todd at um uh everyday astronaut man if you want to watch something that's heartbreaking watch watch this podcast of uh of the launch it's, it's kind of interesting yeah. But yeah there you go it's kind of launched the third and final space station component yeah, and that was and, and, that was yesterday. Yep, yep. So, and even though some of their some of their technology is behind, but you have to keep in mind that the a lot of the number one companies that we think about, uh, if I if I immediately ask you what's the best phone company as far as mobile phones, most people will probably say Apple. Some will say Samsung, but most some, most will probably say Apple. Um, made in China. Yeah. Um, what's the best drones that are that are you know commercially available in the world? Uh, made in Shenzhen, China. Made at uh, Steve at uh, DJI. Is that who, that's who makes them? Yeah. Um, you know, so you have all these different companies, and so China is. I look at China as being, um, and I'm doing a UAP report uh, <laughs> um, at, uh, this evening and some into tomorrow. Uh, that will discuss uh, Russia versus um, various other countries. Um, and China is definitely uh, the contender, whereas Russia has some very old technology. They, they lack the ability to get some of the updated, updated chip, uh, chips and things like that. So that's where, where yeah. we're looking at right now. Because there's a lot of blame going around of, of, of different things that are happening. Oh, absolutely. And, and all kinds of stuff. I've got the article up right now from Reuters about the X-37B landing after a two-year classified mission. Um, yeah. And when you wonder what these technologies, aside from exotic technologies like invisibility cloaks, uh, yeah. hypersonic travel, um, warping of space and time, things like that, all things that our yeah. government has actively put money into researching. Um, there's a reason why there's a reason why they read people like Hal Putoff and stuff like that onto everything, everything. And it didn't even dawn on me, Mike, until I, until I went and met the man at, at Irva uh, at the remote viewing association. It was like, wow, wait a minute. Every one of the guys that started this actual science of remote viewing is like a PhD holding particle physicist. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yep. Um, and and you, you, met, you met several people there that... Um, uh, I'm glad you got to got to meet them. There um, were there were big boys. There were big boys there. <laughs> yeah. There were big names that are on a lot of these research teams that are on a lot of the things like to the Stars Academy and stuff like uh-huh. that. And the whole reason why why they're just read onto a topic is because of things like this. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. because once an emerging technology comes out, now you can't talk about it. Right. Yeah, no, and not only that, the, the other aspect of it is, 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 you know, where a lot of people say we don't really test things on ourselves. Well, from an exploitable, yeah, well, I mean, that's one of the first things we do. It's like, it's like, uh, uh, hello. The first thing we do is we try to exploit it ourselves. We try to see if we can hack it ourselves or well, what have you to put some of the technology is in, you know, remote viewing might to, be one of those. To, to literally think, Mike, and, and, uh, it, I think this is the short-sightedness of a lot of people whenever you're talking classified material, classified technologies, classified programs, to to mm-hmm. think that let's just take it back to have blue. First thing right. I ever learned about after after SR-71, things like that, I was a huge SR-71 mm-hmm. freak. Of course, a, right. a crazy Aurora fan as a kid because that was the scuttlebutt when I was in like, you know, like eight, nine years old um, mm-hmm. <laughs> was Aurora back then yeah. um, using pulse jet engines, things like that. But um, just to take it back to a program like Have Blue, where where Boeing and Lockheed were both competing for the government contract mm-hmm. of stealth technology. Um, right. You know, reduction of heat signature, sound signature, radar signature, everything. Um, Everything. my question to you, Mike, is, do you think these dudes developed that technology and not a way to detect it? Well, I mean, what do you do when your badass spaceship goes rogue? Yeah. How are you going to how you going to find it? You got to have a yeah. way to find it. So guaranteed whenever they come up with this technology of stealth, everything else, like they've got yeah. a way to detect it. Yep. They, absolutely. They may not let the enemy know they have that, but they aren't going to put it out on the battlefield without a way to detect it and find it. Yep. You can't make, you can't make something that moves it totally invisible. You can make it invisible to the eye or to a certain spectrum or a certain, you know, radio spectrum. Whether yeah, it be you can bend spectrum. light around it, but you'll see the objects behind it moving. Exactly. And, and you'll also see it, its interference with something. And, and in the, in, in my case, one of the, the things I was read onto and, and worked with was MAD, which is magnetic anomaly detection. And any object that moves through any media, whether it be water or whether it be through the air, is going to produce some sort of electromagnetic signature, which you can actually determine what that aircraft is and track it. And then in the future, if you see yeah. that same yeah. signature again, you know what it is. Yeah. Um, but that also and passively so. Yep. Yeah, true. Passively so. Passively so. Yeah. Um, you know, so there's a lot of technology that's, that's coming out, which is 
super interesting. I mean, it's great to see it on paper here. Um, um, I don't know how much of a delay we have with the with the podcast here, um, but you know, the patent application is is is, is a, approved as of obviously 2018, um, and the the types of aircraft that can be envisioned that this would work with. Keep in mind, they were looking at a aircraft carrier in the air, like literally yeah. aircraft carrier, um, and with a thousand foot wingspan, you know, eight hundred member crew, things like this. Uh, that was back in the day. Of course, that was canned, uh, but um, but these things start becoming viable again. You know, where yeah. you can you now have the power to do. What you need to do, I think the thing needed like 127 engines or some ridiculous amount of engines. You know, now it might need just this thing, yeah. um, or a couple of them, you know, something like that. It's, um, you know, so, you know, a, a flying cruise ship, you know, yeah. if you didn't have a flying aircraft carrier, that immediately comes to mind as a flying cruise ship. That would be so cool. Yeah. Well, and even right now, I'm showing on screen the one of the last things that we've talked about uh, the the patent for the laser induced plasma for infrared homing missile mm -hmm. countermeasures. Um, yep. Even the technology for that, even the technology for a, a plane based laser platform, mm -hmm. you would have. Yeah, you and I were talking about that you, years ago. Sure, you could use a lithium battery the size of a Tesla battery or something like that. You'd get like three shots out of it, yeah. If it's powerful enough to burn through, because otherwise you're gonna. If it doesn't have the megawatt power or milliwatt power, rather, or megawatt to <laughs> to literally go through the titanium shell of an aircraft or of a missile mm -hmm. immediately, it's got to stay on it and stay on it and stay on it, um, Absolutely. and keep heating the same spot in order to get its general effect that it's trying to get. However, right. if you have a massive burst of power behind it, mm -hmm. something on the order of, oh, I don't know, a very, very tiny nuclear reactor on yeah, your airplane, yeah. you yeah, could absolutely cool. power a laser-based weapon platform that is stunningly powerful in short bursts. Right. The first objects that you'll see being created would be objects that we utilize the heat aspect, the heat energy generation aspect of it. The next um, behind that would be obviously what you're alluding to, which is the ability to produce a massive amount of, of power, which would yeah. stretch into your electric, uh, electronic countermeasures, the electronic uh, exactly. warfare um, arena. That whole thing opens up so many doors of opportunity that previously – when you would look at it and say, wow, we could do that, but the power source would be larger than the plane that we carry it. Yeah. Um, things like that. Well, so and, like a gallon marshmallow. Hmm. And, and very interesting to see the publication dates of these. February 15th, <laughs> 2018 for the magnetic field plasma confinement and February 6th, 2020 for the, mm -hmm. for the infrared laser homing countermeasures. Um, there you go. So, yeah. <laughs> and, and even whenever you start going through uh, down bottom and reading the inside the the uh, mini reactor, uh, mm -hmm. some of the associated technologies that could come of it uh, or that mm -hmm. it could be connected to, it's pretty remarkable. Absolutely. 
Yeah, it's just like coming out with the, the next holy grail of batteries. Like we've been promised the graphene batteries, which are just now starting to trickle out. Um, you know, as 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 making the efficiency of whatever it is you're making so much better. Yeah. Lockheed just hit the ball right out of the park. I mean, you you, you can't get better than a hundred percent efficiency. I mean, it's just uh, maybe you can. Maybe there's theoretically you can do 110 percent or whatever. But um, you know. It, it's it's over, so to speak. If 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 that's it, they've yeah. nailed it, um, and uh, you know that's going to be a huge money maker for them. But um, hopefully, it'll get into the the you know consumer slash you know civilian side uh, quickly enough to actually produce a change that would make an effect um, for everything, like including global warming in our lifetimes. So I think that would be um, that would be cool to see before I go. You know, before I check out. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it says right here, this is compact enough to be mounted in or on a vehicle such as a truck, aircraft, ship, train, spacecraft or submarine. Some embodiments may provide a fusion reactor that may be utilized in desalination plants or electrical power plants. Other mm -hmm. technical advantages will be readily apparent to one uh, to one skilled in the art <laughs> from the following figures. <laughs> wow. <laughs> to one skilled in the art um yeah. and i guess that would be one skilled in the art of all these things listed on the side uh that are associated technologies like resonant heating of platinum on antennas plasma heating with radio frequency waves uh there you go and yeah, just just thinking of the exotic technology that it took. Once again, radio heating with uh, or plasma heating with radio frequency waves, um, yeah. things like that. Active, active cooling of structures immersed in plasma. Yep, yep. And and then uh, there is uh, where was it? I saw one about um, beams. Uh, directed energy conversion to fusion plasma energy via cycles. <laughs> oh, man. Some Boy, of this they is sure dance around what they're there. actually trying to say. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, and it's one of those like, oh, hey, hey, yeah, we, we use this technology. We use that technology. There it is. Plasma heating with neutral beams. Yeah. Right and you keep in mind the first two letters of phaser. Yep. Plasma heating. Yep. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So we when, might have a phaser coming. <laughs> and when you go back and start looking at the design, it it shows you that plasma heating and everything yeah. else. So, yeah, in trouble and there's one. there's the two beams right there, the heat injectors, like what we were talking mm -hmm. about. Uh, that's why I yep. brought that back up. There was was the beams, uh, yeah, the beam that technology. Yep. So, mm -hmm. um, just interesting to see. All of the things that pop up, all the things yeah. that come from this. Are they called those heat injectors? That's those yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, heat injectors. So <laughs> I guess technically you're injecting heat via a beam, yeah. <laughs> via, via a, a very specific tuned oscillation of a beam. Of, yeah. You know, uh, like that absolutely, wasn't called that when I thought. <laughs> absolutely, wow. like make, makes perfect sense. You know, yeah. um, they're injecting heat, they're lasers, whatever you want to call them. Um, yeah, yeah, maser, laser, phaser, yeah. laser. Yeah, so um, we're gonna run out of asers. 
it's it's always <laughs> interesting talking with you, Mike, because the 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 way that all of this technology talks together, works together, is really based on each other. It, um, I think it's short sighted of a lot of investigators and a lot of people out there to to not explore these things, to not, I guess have them on their radar you know even even yeah. the idea of that uh laser chaff system that we've talked about right. so many times that interestingly enough every time you see a video uh declassified it it seems as though it's a a forward-looking infrared pod um mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah yeah uh being able to see the connection of all these things, I think, is something very, very important that a lot of people are kind of missing out on. So I want to thank you for always taking the time to come on, uh, really lay this stuff out and splay it out so that so that people can see the intricate workings of the inside. Because without seeing that, it can be very easy to be blinded by media, it can be very easy to be blinded by frenzy and even our own want. Mm -hmm. You know, like I, I know you, like me, are a believer of believers, man. Um, yeah. But but you're also going to discount ninety eight percent. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you got to take away into so some much flat. You you've gotten more than your share, fair share of flack about the Batman balloon, um, oh, yeah. all kinds of things. Uh, so yeah. yeah, it's it's out there, man. Um, and I want I want to thank you for your time. Yeah, yeah, sometimes you have to be patient and just wait until finally, it, it, you know, just like I've done on a couple of things. It just I just wait and then come around. I I've, just the other day someone sent me a note saying, "Hey, uh, I know I gave you a lot of hell about." you know, blah, blah, blah subject about two years ago. Um, I'm starting to think that that might be exactly what's going on because this just came out and I hadn't even seen it. Yet. And I'll tell you what it is later. Yeah. Um, you know, those, those kind of things make you feel good. It means that I'm putting out information. I think at, at, a, at a time, I don't do a lot. I haven't done a video in a while because all this Afghanistan stuff and other stuff going on in my life. I just, I've been pretty dormant. Um, but that's going to change soon. Um, you know, but, a reporter, investigator that, um, like yourself, myself, and several others that, that I can probably name that are interested enough in the subject to, to bring it, you know, out in such a way where people can either understand it or hear about it for the first time. A lot of times, the first time people hear about some of the stuff is through, is through this type of reporting. Yeah. Um, it, it, you know, the, the mass media sometimes doesn't really grab onto it. We'll see. I know you got another guest coming on here soon. Well, so uh, I yeah, and it, well, I do. I mean, they're pre-recorded. Um, oh, because oh, I love okay. my conversations with guests like you, and I never ever want to stress the time on those. You know, um, oh, for sure. And well, we we cover a lot of breadth, man. Whenever we get together and we talk, and it's, we do. It's and always I, I fantastic. When people want me to stay on the subject, it's so hard to when you want to really just tell a lot of people a lot of different things at yeah. once and you flood them with so much information they just shut down and you're like oh, man i need to really streamline how i do this 
Um, it's it's exciting time to be alive. It's hard, man, because there is so much. There is so much out there. I sometimes, like not too long ago, just this last week, on show site, one of the guys that I was working with was sitting at another lunch table, and I, w- I was sitting there, and a buddy of mine was was with me, and he was like, "Your ears just perked up, didn't they?" And I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> I'm just sitting yeah. there, fly on the wall, listening, and then somebody goes, "You know, Chris Jordan has a show that talks about stuff like this. What do you think, Chris mm-hmm. Jordan?" It was I saw myself from the outside. Um, just laying out points of, of fact and, and things with UAPs and the way that the disclosures happened and the, the, just the holes that I've poked in, in what's there. Um, and the fact that it may very well be our own technology. And it was one of those like, man. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That is... Wow. Everything starts clicking together. It's like when, when a story breaks at first, it's so many ideas on the table that it's, it's confusing. It's like looking at a yeah. puzzle with all the pieces disjointed. And then over time, these pieces start coming together and, you know, it, and it starts getting clear and you're like, wow. You know, and, you know, sometimes you're, you're, you may be following a news source that may not necessarily be giving you the full thing, you know, the actual sure, sure. story of maybe putting a spin on. I mean, I've been accused of that and I have probably done that, not on purpose in some cases. Yeah. Um, but it's, that's how, how it goes. You, you, you follow a path that you think is right and then you find out uh, that's not correct. Um, and then it takes a very good person like yourself. Thank you. A thing you do it where you've gone back and you say, Hey, I, I thought this at one time. And, yeah. And now new information has come out, and I've, it's, it's not that anymore. It's this. And some people view that as you, as flandering, you know, floundering or whatever. And, uh, you know, but, but that's how science works. I mean, it's yeah, just, absolutely. That is the process. Yeah. And uh, you've, you've got to be willing to go back and re examine yourself. You've got to be willing to go back and re examine your beliefs and why you believe them and, are are yeah. you going down this rabbit hole because of your beliefs, not because of that's where the evidence takes you? You know, I'm going down the rabbit hole to get that wax pulley rabbit. That's right. I want some awesome <laughs> pepper. <laughs> Where's my awesome, awesome pepper? pepper. Um, <laughs> man, you are always creepily inside my head. Um, I want to thank you again for your time, bud. Always uh, great conversation tonight. Let everybody know where they can go to follow 5x5 Five Five News, where they can get the latest videos whenever you put them out, things like that, yeah, my the friend. Easy, yeah, the easiest spot is just um, on YouTube um, and on Twitter. Some of the more current talking part is on Twitter, but most of the uh, the videos and the, uh, the stuff that we refer to sometimes is, is on uh, my channel, which is 5x5 Five Five News on uh, on YouTube. And as you see it right there, appreciate that. Always. Um, but yeah, that, that's, that's where it's all going to be. All right. Well, bud, thank you so much. 
as always, for coming on, breaking this stuff down, getting down to the nitty gritty of these technologies, these news breaks that happen with technology. Um, always great yeah. to talk with you. Godspeed in your mission with getting everybody out of Afghanistan. Um, we'll have to have you on to talk Tiger King updates, things like that as well. Sounds good. All right. Take care, man. Talk to you soon. Bye, buddy. All right. While you are online checking out everything from Mike Turber and 5x5 News, folks, make sure to stop on by Curious Realm. Curious Realm is where you can, of course, find all of the episodes. That's where you can go and give us your story at the Experiencer page uh, right there. Share your story. That's also where you can find the Knowledge Vault. That's where we were pulling those, um, the electronic countermeasures and Lockheed Martin Mini Reactor. Um, that's where you can find so many declassified government programs, documents, things like that. So stop on by, check it out. That is CuriousRealm.com forward slash knowledge. Stay tuned after this commercial break. So happy to be welcoming back the amazing Anne Celine. She is the host of the Caravan Library of Lore podcast. Um, she is the owner and founder of KPNL Radio and also a practicing Wiccan. So we will be talking about Wicca, witchcraft, the history of witchcraft, the 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 real story behind Halloween, what it comes from, what it is, uh, as well as misconceptions on witchcraft right after this, folks. With the rise in attention to the health benefits of cannabis and cannabinoids, including CBD, True Hemp Science has become one of the premier providers of full-spectrum CBD and CBD-related products. Using a proprietary spigeric process, True Hemp Science extracts maximum benefit from the whole hemp plant. Buds, leaves, stems, seeds, even roots... Every part of the plant is used and then reused to formulate a rich, complex profile of CBD, CBD derivatives, and terpenes guaranteed to provide the relief and benefits you need daily. Visit TrueHemScience.com to experience the best CBD oils, edibles, and topicals on the market today. And use code CURIOUS7 to save 7% off your entire purchase of $50 or more and get two 25-milligram CBD cookies or brownies free. That website, again, is TrueHemScience.com, and the code is CURIOUS7. The 
The Curious Realm Podcast is your source for the latest and greatest news and events in the world of the paranormal, esoteric, and forbidden knowledge. And there's no better way to spark the conversation than with items from the Curious Realm store. Choose from fan favorites like hoodies, mouse pads, coffee mugs, and more. Buy books and items from your favorite Curious Realm guests. Get your hands on the latest gear for paranormal investigations and experiments we discuss on the show. Open your web browser and stop on by the Curious Realm store at CuriousRealm.com forward slash store to buy the latest Curious Realm wear and out-of-this-world gifts for yourself, your family, or a mind that you want to open. That website again is CuriousRealm.com forward slash store. Have you considered starting a podcast, looking for a way to make your business a voice of authority in an industry? Then Podcast Cadet is the solution for you. Whether starting a podcast for yourself, your brand, business, school, church, or just plain fun, Podcast Cadet is here to help you navigate the waters of the podcast industry. Specializing in one-on-one consultation and training with industry professionals in fields ranging from podcast technology and editing to distribution, monetization, and even social media strategies, Podcast Cadet tailors their services to the specific needs of you and your podcast. Do you already have a podcast and trying to find ways to engage and grow your audience? Sign up for your Podcast Cadet audit today. And let us help you explore new and exciting ways to leverage your content and elevate your podcast brand to whole new levels. From consultational workshops to affordable podcast production and maintenance packages, Podcast Cadet is your one-stop shop for everything podcast-related on the Internet. Visit PodcastCadet.com today to sign up for your consultation or training. And use code CURIOUS20 to save 20% off your entire purchase. That website again is podcastcadet.com. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back from break. Thank you so much to our sponsors, as always, especially the amazing Dr. Kimberly McGeorge with The Secret of Everything. Make sure to stop on by, check her out. She is your source for online consciousness expansion exercises, readings, uh, property clearings, things like that. Thank you so much, Dr. Kimberly, for your support. We do need to have you back on very soon. In this segment, I'm very happy to welcome back uh, the amazing Lady Anne Celine. She is the author of Aperture in the Veil. We will be talking about Halloween, uh, the the topic of Halloween, where Halloween really comes from, what some of the understandings and misunderstandings in society are, especially when it comes to witchcraft, the occult, and their tie into this holiday. Welcome back to the show. Anne Celine, how are you doing? 
I'm wonderful. It's an honor to be back. Thank you so much. Absolutely. I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation at the Texas Bigfoot Conference about a month ago. It was great hanging out with you all weekend. Your energy is absolutely awesome. Uh-huh. And Thank when you. it when it came to this topic, I was like, you know, I, I would love to talk to somebody who is actively involved in the world of magic CK, um, mm. the the practice of magic. And you you yourself mm-hmm. uh, are a magic practitioner. Um, get, tell us yeah. a little bit about how you came into the world of practicing magic and the the lifestyle that you live with it. Oh, my goodness. Well, we're going to go way back. <laughs> I was a, a child. I was probably, I want to say, around 10 or 11. And I remember traveling down to California with my father. And I think we were in Old Town, Sacramento. And there were these really cool buildings. You know, they were old Western-type buildings, and they had those uh, wooden sidewalks that you'd step up on and it just felt like you were completely transported into the past. And so I was peeking in these different little um, shops and there was one that had all kinds of uh, different, um, they had candles, they had books, they had incense. I mean, it was, of course, it just drew me in. Now, up to this point, my life had already been uh one of high strangeness because I had had experiences from my very earliest memories in regards to shadow entities and hauntings and ghosts and um, what I would later learn to be like psychic abilities. And so the very first book that I picked up, it just kind of called to me. There's this beautiful tree on the front cover and it said Wicca, you know, across it. And being somebody that I love nature, I love being out in the forest. And I was like, okay, I'm just, I'm just going to get this one. I don't know why. And it was really big. It was, it's, it's, it's a thick book and, uh, it had everything in it from meditations to different spells to, you know, I mean, you name it. And so that was my first like book on magic. And, I remember practicing some of these things as described within the pages. The first ones that I did, of course, were a meditation. And I always had results. I always felt like when it was talking about reaching your spirit Mm. guides or your spirit animals, you know, and so I thought, okay, well, all of this works. So I'm going to try this candle magic stuff. And I remember... And I feel so bad about it, but yet I laugh. (laughs) Okay, so one time, you know, this was, you have the cord, the cord nodding, and Mm -hmm. you're, it's kind of, you know, more on the cursing side of things, and I was a snot-nosed kid in the library having an issue with the librarian, and um, she had actually, there was some books in there that were more paranormal, and I was super excited about them, and they uh, confiscated them from me, which was interesting because it was like, well, they were on your shelves. Well, anywho, so I take this this, uh, cord and I knot it. It was supposed to be knotted three times. And I stuck it up on top of the windowsill. And uh, so we go about the day. And I just wanted the books back, really. But 
I hear later that the librarian's tires had been slashed by another student. Oh. And the reason why, though, was because her vehicle and this other high schooler's vehicle were identical. So the kid was actually trying to get back at another kid, but he ended up actually doing it to the librarian instead. And I... Who knows if that had anything to do with what I did. (laughs) At that moment, it certainly did. (laughs) Right. Exactly. So it was kind of like, whoa, all right, maybe I need to be a little more careful here. And, um, you know, so so I didn't necessarily do anything like that ever again. Um, Now, you know, especially like as I grew older, then I ended up uh, in healing group. And in healing group, I was learning Reiki. I was learning how the energies worked. I was learning how to channel. And um, that it was there that I also started learning how to do like the intuitive tarot readings. And I learned more about candle magic. And magic is just kind of an everyday thing for me. Um, you know, like, for instance, because it's all about intention. And Absolutely. Right. So if you're in the kitchen, let's say there is no fighting in my kitchen, none. There is no negative energy that I will allow in my kitchen, because if you're sitting there cooking your food and let's say you're pissed off and you're just, you know, stirring your whatever and you're just putting that negative energy into it, you're going to consume that energy and you're putting it into you in multiple ways. So I, I tend to, I'll play music, I'll be dancing around, I'm happy, I'm, you know, and, and I'm really trying to, to make that whatever it is that I'm making, you have that extra ingredient of positive energy and love. Yeah. And I really do believe that it makes a difference. It, it absolutely makes a difference. It makes a huge, massive difference. And I, for the longest time, uh, and I have I've helped people, musician friends of mine, podcasters, things like that, build a space for their art. Mm. And the the one concept that I bring to them all the time is the the ancient concept of the hearth. And, and the oh. fact that there was at one point a goddess of the hearth and you welcomed mm-hmm. the muse and the goddess of the hearth into your home and you built a space for them. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What what they liked, right. what moved you to welcome them. Um, and it really was a point of intention in your home. Um, oh, and, yeah. you know, like uh, you can see right over here, over my shoulder, my, my little space, uh, it's a constant fight for horizontal space because you I don't want to clutter that space. That space is right. for something very specific. And and yeah. to clutter that with other things is is to literally disrespect that. Exactly. And, and to say, no, it's for the like it's a dump zone is what that is like that. That's what I've now created for my muse is is this place mm-hmm. where I just dump a bunch of stuff. 
you know, and for you to say the same thing about your cooking, about the fact that while you are putting that kind of energy into what literally nourishes your home and your family and into the space that yes. nourishes your home and your family, that you will not allow the negativity in there. So that's a beautiful thing that is very conscious. Um, oh, thank you. Well, and you mentioned a second ago that you don't necessarily practice magic. You live magic. And yes. it's it's an interesting concept because once once you kind of get used to the idea of manifestation and daily manifestation, yes. uh, that that is really the key there because a lot of people think for some reason and not even for some reason, this is, this is what they have been taught. And this is, this is where I guess the lesson of this episode really begins is the huge misunderstanding of magic and witchcraft to begin with, not only historically, right. um, but religiously and and the the true persecution of what took place after the publishing of the Malleus Maleficarum uh, back in the I guess that was the 14, 1500s. Um, and that was that was the hammer of the witches. That was what really moved us into the realm of witch hunts, things like that. And the idea of somebody practicing a nature religion or religion that keeps them tied to nature uh, was a bad idea. Right. Yeah. Well, I, a lot of the times I think that it just boils down to fear. Mm. Um, you know, it's, it's incredible when you think how powerful we really are. So, there's, there's a book that I read and it was called, it was something along the lines of, uh, the perils and opportunities of awareness by Anthony DeMello. And I remember reading in there that he said something akin to, you can't make me mad. I choose to be mad. I have the ability to choose every emotion that I feel. And from there, you know, that really, that really stuck with me. And I really sat with that and I was like, okay, how much of a choice do I really have? Cause I was pretty young when I, when I read that, Sure. you know, and, it, but it always stayed with me. So then from there, I had begun learning about how, you know, you can view something in one way. But if you choose to look at it in another way, your entire reality, your perception completely changes and you can go from having a good day to a bad day. You know, for instance, let's say I'm traveling to out to Texas and my plane is delayed. Well, I can sit there and be mad about it and be like, man, you know, this sucks that it's it's delayed. Or I can sit there and go, you know, maybe it's a blessing. Maybe I'm avoiding something in traffic once yeah. I'm there, you know. And so when we take responsibility for our emotions and we really look at how powerful we are, that we can produce these outcomes, you know, and I talk about it a lot in my book as well. Um, I'm where I'm at right now because of the power of manifestation, but it's hard for people to kind of accept that because then you also have to do a lot of shadow work 
There's a lot of inner work that you have to do, a lot of facing yourself that you have to do, healing. And therefore, again, it it wraps around back to fear. So Mm. when you have people that are used to these certain religious teachings and what have you, and then they're faced with something that's completely different, it's going to be scary. It's going to be hard. They're not going to want to change their perspective. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it people are reticent to change. People are more than more than afraid of change, not only societally, but especially when it comes to religion and understanding, Um, because Mm -hmm. it, it. While most villages, things like that had a healer. That kind of thing, uh, maybe a herbologist, something along those lines. Not not every village had a witch, so to speak. Those were typically folks that lived out, lived out amongst their own. Um, and it wasn't for any religious practitioner reason, you know, like child sacrifice or anything like that. It was more the fact mm-hmm. of, once again, energies and muddling of energy. And mm-hmm. trying to focus of energy, uh, because when when you are around certain energies, you tend to be influenced by them. Yes. And uh, it, it can be really hard sometimes, especially if you are trying to tune into something specific uh, to tune into that when there is the, sh- the distraction of everything around you. Right. And no, that can be really hard. I, I've experienced that as an empath. You uh, you can be a sponge and then all of a sudden you're taking on so much and you're also, it, you can be easily confused on, wait a second, is this mine mm. or is it this place or is it somebody else? And it can be hard to decipher that. Sure, sure, absolutely. And, uh, you know, especially like you said a minute ago that that true awareness of the situation and of the vibration and meaning of something uh, and what vibration you are giving it um, being Mm. self-aware at that moment of uh, like you said, my plane's delayed. Uh, How much anger am I going to give to that? Because the more anger I give it, the more anger will exist. Like, and, and I am choosing to give that energy to the situation. Uh, exactly. which is a self-fulfilling and self-manifesting thing at that point. So mm-hmm. uh, let, let's start getting into, I guess, some of the, because a lot of people don't really realize the, I guess, the practicing rules of, of Wicca, things like that. Uh, there, there are a few generalities that exist out there. Um, of course, um, there has been the, the whole kerfuffle as of late with Hocus Pocus 2 coming out. <laughs> and, and, and I think that really um, explains a lot in a modern day context where our fear, fear of witchcraft comes from. You know, uh, the, the whole idea of child sacrifice, animal sacrifice, things like that. Um, not really, not really the case in Wicca or in witchcraft as as practiced by most folks. Yeah, no, <laughs> we it's 
I've never come across sacrificing anything and all yeah. the stuff that I've looked at or it, the main thread that ties, I'm going to say, all of it together is your intention. Period. The stuff yeah. that you use is just tools. Like when you get far enough along, so you may start out with chords, you know, strings and poppets and and um, candles and what have you. These are tools that you can use to help focus your energy, but you really don't need them. You can literally sit there and really just put that intention, like in meditation, you can sit within meditation and really focus your mind, focus that energy to get the outcome that you want. So <laughs> the the sacrificing and, and the theatrics, I feel is just, um, again, it's, it's those that are that are fearful of change, they're fearful of truth. They're fearful of looking at themselves in a mirror yeah, and doing their inner work. So then they breed fear to try to keep people away from this stuff. Well, and, uh, you know, uh, especially being raised Roman Catholic, uh, having studied in the seminary and uh, having studied world religion, uh, I, I have mm -hmm. to remind people all the time, feel, feel free to feel free to re revisit your Sunday mass and take a look at the mm -hmm. practices of high magic as it's called Kabbalistic magic, yes. um, things like that, where, where you are using incense, where you are invoking spirit, where, where there is very specific rote verse um, that you are supposed to follow uh, with incantation. And believe me, if you look at that big red lectionary up at the front folks um, as a former altar server, I'm, privy to all of the writings that are in there <laughs> and it says incantation of the holy spirit um so no different uh quite literally that priest in persona Christe up on the altar is incanting doing the exact same thing and using the conjoined energy of everybody in the room to accomplish a spiritual task so no different uh it is it is pulled directly from Jewish ceremony. If if you hop out to a synagogue, you'll see just about the echo. And it is really just about the echo of anything done in uh in just about any high magic, whether it's Enochia magic or mm -hmm. uh Kabbalah of the Golden Dawn, what have you. Right. No. And, and that is something I remember going to. Uh, so when I was growing up, one of the things that I would do is I would go to the different churches that my friends went to. And the whole reason behind it was because I grew up with my family being Christian and I attended the Methodist church with my grandfather. Well, of course, it teaches us that we shouldn't judge. Right. Mm -hmm. So I thought, well, the best way to not judge is to understand. So I took it upon myself to go to these different churches with my friends. But I but I wasn't just a one Sunday thing. I would submerse myself into it for like a three month period. And I would speak to the, you know, the pastor um, and what have you. And 
because I really did want to see like, what is it about this faith, this path that moves you? Mm -hmm. And, you know, (laughs) at one point I was, so at this point I was in in healing group and I had went to a Sunday service with a Catholic family and they had pulled out a singing bowl, a Tibetan singing bowl. And the guy, he, he hit the side of it, you know, and, and the energy and the sound just vibrated. And then he, you know, did it around it. And I was just sitting there going, wait a second, what? <laughs> like, this is crazy. This is what I use in, in healing group too. But, sure. but we do it for these reasons. And that doesn't align with what I'm learning. And I asked the, the lady who I was with, I says, what is he using that for? Because we, you know, we use it for this. And I, she scowled at me. I was told to be quiet. Mm. Uh, it was just to gather the congregation's attention. Yeah. And, and so I had uh, unintentionally very much offended her that day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because, uh, after the seminary, I, I, and quite a few seminarians who, who leave, uh, deal with a lot of things for many, many years. Um, I'm sure. a, a lot of mine was trying to understand the spiritual path of others and, and literally getting to the point of going, Hey man, everybody's got their own spiritual path. Just cause you had an enlightening moment. Doesn't mean everybody does. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and truly coming to that loving understanding uh that right not not everybody had that experience so you you need to back down a little bit yours mm-hmm. was yours <laughs> theirs is theirs you know um and it's it, but i it's always interesting to me to be a fly on the wall when it comes to the discussion of religion and witchcraft or or even just mm-hmm. the discussion of the occult to begin with uh, because there is there is such a misunderstanding a of the term occult which which just means hidden um mm-hmm. and and the fact of this is not common knowledge uh and and right. when you when you really start looking at a congregation of people in that way um yeah even even the basics and the basis of what's going on in ceremony in front of them most of them do not realize, and that is a cult to them. It's, right, exactly. It, the the true meanings behind it, the it, the meaning of the incense, everything else, all the physical things that are used uh, to bring the congregation together, um, all done in very magical ways and for very magical reasons. Mm-hmm. No, so, I agree with that. It's and it's it's amazing to uh, to sit back and witness that because that was something that as I was in healing group and as I learned more, but was also attending these uh, different services, uh, I I witnessed that you know how they I mean the singing uh, mm. that as well I mean it's it's vibration it's uh, the words it's it's everything and I. You know, I just all you could really do was was smile (laughs) and 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 that's about it, because to really try to get into that conversation and really be like, 
you know, this actually does this or, you know, like there's there's a deeper, you know, side to this would be then uh, kind of shaking up the very comfortable box that they have chosen to sit in in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And and even the origin of Halloween here in America, not that not that this time of year is not celebrated by numerous cultures the world over, um, but it is not called Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, there's All Hallows Eve. There's of course um, in in the Wic with Wicca practicing folks Samhain. Um, mm-hmm. it, there there are numerous things. Even in Mexico, Dia de los Muertos. Uh, which is very much that is that is one of the main examples of how an indigenous belief was totally adopted by the Catholic Church to the point of it becoming All Saints Day uh, or All Souls Day, rather. Um, oh, yeah. This so. is a beautiful time of year. Uh, I, I absolutely love it. It's I mean, to be able to honor the cycles of life and death and rebirth. And then to be able to, you know, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't have a farm or anything, so there's no celebrating of of the harvest or, or anything. But, uh, yeah, but I still I still try to because you know when you get the seasonal foods from from your grocery store and you have your corn and you have your pumpkins and you have all that kind of stuff. It's and and it's funny because you can you can literally feel it. There is a shift that happens, and it's usually kind of in the last two weeks of September. It's mm-hmm. almost like you can feel this, I don't know, it, like a calling, a whisper, a faint smell on the wind, you know, perfume. And and then all of a sudden, we are, we're sliding into, into this time. And, I mean, to be able to come together with people and then also to celebrate your loved ones who are no longer here. Um, that really hit me back in 2011 when my grandfather had passed away. Mm. Um, you know, I had experienced death, you know, from having acquaintances or, or, you know, people in the family, like friends of family and stuff like that. But when it was my grandfather, you know, cause I was raised by my grandparents and my dad, it was, it was life changing completely. And I also became a lot more open to different practices about honoring the dead and having an ancestor altar and how important it is to carry their memory and to share that. And then to, you know, uh, you know, one of the practices is setting a place at the table for them. So as you're eating and you're, you know, enjoying this beautiful feast, you have that place set at the table, um, you know, for them to honor them in their memory. Yeah, yeah, precisely. We and it's interesting because right as the spiritualism movement, things like that began in Europe and America was this switch of the identity of death. And and how we treated death and really wildly right at the same time as when the whole funerary market started, mm-hmm. you know, and and we lost the idea of awake. Mm-hmm. Uh, you started having funeral parlors instead of 
the parlor in your house being used for that. We stopped having funerals at home. Uh, the whole the whole concept of grieving changed. Uh, while there, and I have, I've got it up on screen right now, the, the tribe in India that literally lives with their dead. Oh, um, wow. You know, and common practice across the world. There are numerous uh, Asiatic countries, things like that, where every year they they bring the mummified remains of their family home and they spend a week with them, things like that. Um, and, and it's a different idea. Like you're saying, there is, there is a different concept of what happens than mm -hmm. what we have. Uh, and it, it's interesting to see how that movement has changed over time, how we've even got to the point of, uh, a lot of people trying to get back to the point of home burial, that kind of right. stuff. And knowing that that cross-culturally uh there is a belief that this time of year that veil becomes thinner yes is i believe it does well let let's explore that a little bit in in what ways do you see uh evidence for that well you know it it, it goes back to just my experiences in my personal life i you know will Gosh, it's it's so funny because when you live this way and to try to really break it down to a couple examples, it can kind of be hard. But, you know, I'll I'll be sitting there around this time of year and I'll think about something that it is that I would really like to have happen or something that I might want. Uh, you know, for example, um, here's one. <laughs> I had been thinking about how I had really wanted to, well, I was regretting uh, getting rid of all my old Nancy Drew books. And I was just like, man, it'd be so amazing to have them again. And I was just, you know, really focusing on that. And wouldn't you know it, a day later, I had a neighbor knock on my door and they said, hey, we're moving. Would you like these? And they hand me a box. I open the box and it is literally filled with old Nancy Drew books. Awesome. awesome. <laughs> it was. It was incredible. And, you know, so so it seems like the ability to manifest is stronger. And then when it comes to getting responses, when you mm. are talking to your loved ones, um, there may be, you know, maybe a certain bird shows up that, you know, uh, was your loved one's favorite and now it's it's kind of hanging around and it's like oh okay and you can feel that communication um you know it was funny because right before i was getting ready to do this uh there was a couple knocks in my room but it it was like on the wall which is weird because it, it was like okay is, is there somebody in my house or what is this mm. And I went and I looked around the whole house and it's just me. But it it was so very clear that it was a couple knocks. And so I just kind of laughed and said, OK, all right, well, it's it's Halloween and the veil yeah. is at its thinnest. And somebody, I guess, is wanting to come through and say hi. I acknowledged it and uh, just kind of, you know, went on with my day. <laughs> it, it may have also because like I told you, uh mm -hmm. 
Your book literally arrived on my doorstep moments before I called you. I was That's waiting true. for the knock on my door. <laughs> oh my gosh. So there, oh. like, wow. I may have very well manifested that knock in your house. Um, you know what? You're right. That's incredible. And, <laughs> that? and I, I think that, that that kind of brings up a really big point. Because especially whenever you're talking witchcraft, heck, man, let's talk about it in the form of prayer real quick. Oh, um, yes. For, for all of you out there who may not be open-minded enough to consider casting a spell, manifestation, what have you, any of these buzzwords that we've used tonight. Let's just talk about it in the power of prayer. The real question is, are you looking for a specific answer to your prayer or are you open-minded enough to see the answer to you? answer to your prayer in something that you may not consider. Beautifully put. Um, that's yes, because that's really what you have to do with manifestation, prayer, any of it. Like if you are giving it an exact bat, I, I challenge you to tell the universe, capital U, God, Jesus, what have you like and And I used to tell this to the classes that I taught, feel free to, Hey, God, please, Help me. I need to pass my geometry test tomorrow. Like, I'm, I'm shafted if I don't. I won't graduate. I need to pass. <laughs> um, you kind of got to do your work and study your geometry guy. Uh, like, the odds of you casting a spell to miraculously pass geometry are next to nil. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> like, it's I don't true. care. I don't care what space credits you got built in. This is coming from a dude that did it. All right. And like, I served at the altar and I worked at my church and I did all kinds of things, hon. Uh, so I had a lot of space credits built up. Didn't help me pass geometry. <laughs> I needed to study my geometry. Like, you've got to put your work into it as well. And that also means that you've got to put your work into looking for the result. You can't be so lazy as just to expect your result to be like verbatim what you're looking for. It doesn't really work that way, does it? Now, you are right on. And that is one of the big things that I've talked about, too, is that, you know, it's not you can't just ask. You can't just say, you know, hey, universe, hey, whatever, because, I mean, yes, the universe is conspiring to to gift you all these amazing gifts. The gifts are already coming to you. Yep. But guess what? You have to do the work. Yeah. You have to. There's no way around that. And and it's also not going to give you what you don't need. Exactly. It's it's not going to like make you rich. You know, like that that's truly the the whole Aladdin's genie situation. Careful asking for a ton of gold. It may just fall out of the sky on top of you. Right. You know, um, <laughs> so it is a be careful what you ask for and be careful how you ask for it and the intention with which you ask. Because even like you said earlier with doing the not work when you were younger and the, the immediate scare away that you had, not not many people mm -hmm. are aware of that whole threefold principle in right. uh, magical practice, things like that, where whatever energy you pour forth will return to you threefold. Um, so if you're mm -hmm. casting a spell with evil intent, um, prime example, we uh, numerous times over the last many years, and 
Occasionally political things happen, stuff like that. But the one thing that I kept mentioning was, why is this coven of witches trying to cast a spell to to harm Donald Trump? Like, you cast a spell to make sure he didn't get elected. How'd that work out? <laughs> right? Like, he got elected. Um, <laughs> careful what you put out there, because it may just boomerang back three times over. You know? Oh, yeah. And and when you're talking about, like, let's get together and cast a spell to cause somebody harm or to cause ill will, um, mm -hmm. not truly the path of Wicca, not really any true Wiccan practice in any way, shape or form. Not that they're written black art out there, not that. And even the the misnomer of the fact that, like, Satanism practices like that. No, it doesn't. Yeah, no, I mean, I, and I have a couple examples too. Of, you, you really have to be careful of what you ask for because I remember I wanted to manifest and I, and I remember saying this, that I wanted to have a healing house. I wanted to be able to move from where I had been currently living and I wanted to move into a much nicer place, a place that reminded me of home, a place that I could practice my healing and and that's all I focused on was the outcome, the place. Mm. Well, <laughs> we ended up uh, at the at that point, uh, we ended up with a a notice that they were not going to resign our lease, and uh, we were not ready to up and move at that point. But it was one of those things where it's like, all right, you want to yeah. move? Yeah, Boom. yeah, yeah. Here, no, it's it, happening now. Yeah, but yeah. well, now <laughs> and, you got no choice. Get it moving. Oh, yeah, exactly. And I remember, too, when I was there was this um, program, it was called the Mind Detox. And then it morphed into what was known as the Shakti Challenge. And it was literally about learning how to rewire the brain because that's possible. You know, when when we sure. have habits, right, there's the it's the spark between. Well, it makes a bridge and you have to you know, practice something else, a different response, a different whatever to, you know, create a new bridge um, and yeah. to really be able to let go of those those old habits. But as we were going through it, I remember in the very beginning, there was kind of this warning and it said, you do understand that as you go through this practice, the universe is going to align you with your highest and best purpose. So what that is going to mean is that the things that no longer serve your highest and best purpose are going to fall out of your life. And it wasn't long after I begun this, I, uh, I got a divorce. And wow. there was a lot of, there was a lot of things that changed. I got a divorce. I moved, um, my life completely changed. And, you know, there again, it's also, it goes back to it being really important that you do the work. This stuff is, is powerful. It's life altering. So you really have to pay attention to what it is that you're manifesting, but don't, don't just look at it as, okay, what can I gain? Yeah. Look at it as well as what, what are the, like, what will I lose if I don't do it? Yeah, absolutely. And and truly, uh, learning to pose the question as a journey, you know, mm -hmm. uh, help guide me to the path 
that will lead me to this. Oh, because at that yeah. point, you're still you're you're leaving the universe room to flex, man, and you're leaving your <laughs> mind open, you know, as opposed to having a rigid thought of give me this. Um, and even if mm-hmm. even if you think of it as give me this, uh, feel free to have somebody come up and tell you that. See how well you react. Uh, the universe is kind of <laughs> the same way. It'll be like, yeah, it'll be like, well, all right, you prick. If that's what you want. <laughs> There you yes. go. You know, like, oh, you you want it? All right. There you go. Um, and yeah, yeah. Um, it can be rough lessons sometimes. And how did, how did you, because I mean, obviously these are emotional lessons for you. These are huge life lessons that, that, uh, even to your own admission, you were not quite ready for. Right. Um, how have you reconciled that? since how have you how have you seen that working in your life since oh goodness well you know okay so we're gonna take uh my my divorce as the the starting point here okay and it was it was incredible because it was like okay it's right in front of me and at this point I had no idea what I was going to do because I had been a stay-at-home mom, wife, and it was it was a tough marriage. It was there was a lot of mental emotional abuse and stuff. And so um I didn't have a car. Uh I didn't mm. have job history. I didn't have a dime to my name. And I was just like I I don't know how I'm going to do this and I decided to release it to the universe. And I, I laughed and said, universe juice, right? Right. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. I'm just going to trust. I'm going to continue to work on me and uh, and manifesting and really trying to align my life with the things that are for my highest and best purpose and and to focus on healing myself and others. And, and all of a sudden, the next thing I know, I end up... Uh, I was volunteering at a dental office and the assistant, she, she ended up quitting for some reason. And then all of a sudden they look at me and they go, all right, you're up. And I'm like, I, what I'm up for what? <laughs> and I received on the job, uh, training as an assistant. Wow. And yeah. And that was incredible. And then all of a sudden, because I was working with my best friend, I was like, man, I wish that I could move back to our hometown And it'd be so cool to be able to carpool and have our kids in the same sitters. And I was like, well, universe juice, let's pull up Craigslist. And sure enough, on Craigslist, the very first unit for rent was literally one house down from her. Wow. And, and then, yeah, in our hometown. And I was like, all right, all right. So I call them and it, and it was mine in less than 24 hours. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, this is incredible. And um, and then I from there, you know, I just kept believing in myself and in the universe and the energy because it was, you know, showing me that this stuff is really it's it's true. And yeah. so, boom, I, I end up um, launching KPNL and which that took off and that was incredible. And, and from there, you know, there were things that I never thought that I would do. I didn't think that I would travel. 
I, I didn't think that I would own my own businesses. I didn't think that I would ever really write a book. And here it is four short years later. Okay. And I have flown, I've been to Ohio uh, several times, Texas several times, Tennessee, um, and out to Ireland. I, I left the States and I was in Ireland and I mean, gosh, and and then I published my book in February of this year, and now I'm already, you know, started on my second one. And so it's just, it's incredible. And it, and it just, it keeps showing itself uh, every day. So that's that's my big thing that I want anybody that's listening. I don't believe in impossible anymore yeah because if you really want something bad enough and it's a positive thing it's something that does align with your highest and best purpose do the work and it's already yours yes yes exactly and and that is my i cannot express the number of times that we have mentioned that on this show with guests (laughs) Um, and even even before we had guests in our previous incarnation where it was like, mm. you have to understand that you you can't ask for something that will cause harm to you or others. You mm-hmm. can't ask for something that, you know, maybe you're just not supposed to have and you got to be OK with not having it. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. and and you really do have to have to learn that point of humility where where it's the fact of. Like you said, does this align with my higher self and and what I should be doing? Uh, Because as long as it does, there's no reason as long as you put the work in that the universe will not grant it. Exactly. Exactly. And tell us a little bit real quick uh, before we let you go about the caravan of lore. Uh, because oh, yeah. it's, <laughs> it, it's interesting. I have, I have been going through the website, things like that. Aww. Tell us, tell us a little bit about why you started the caravan, what it's all about. Yeah. So the caravan was the very first thing that I ever ended up doing. Um, so let's see, we're going to go all the way back when, uh, so my children were, were younger and I was homeschooling. And we had this unit where we were talking about the development of electricity and entertainment. Now, I grew up with my grandparents and my dad, like I said, and they were really into antiques. So we have like the oil lamps. And yes, <laughs> I'm, I'm only 35, but I did grow up on Howdy Doody and Rin Tin Tin, you know, those, nice. those old uh, TV sh- or the radio shows. And uh, and then, of course, you know, like I love Lucy and stuff on TV. I love that. I love that stuff. But um, so when I was talking about the old radio shows, I ended up getting out my laptop and I was like, huh, I wonder I wonder if there's anything like that that exists today. Well, that's how I ended up finding about podcasts. So from there, I ended up finding um, a podcast that really encompassed all things paranormal. And I was just shocked because I was like, oh, man. So I kind of read through the description and I was like, wow, this like there's other people out there that have had these experiences that are similar to mine one of them that really stood out was talking about shadow people because i was like wow so i'm really not alone this is something that 
people have experienced uh, throughout the world. Well, eventually I ended up as a guest on that show and I told my story. And afterwards, I remember getting messages from people again all over the world. One was from New Zealand. One was from somewhere on the East Coast, someone, you know, in the South. And they were just like, you know, thank you so much for sharing your stories. This was incredible. I've had this experience too. From having these experiences, I was like, this, this is another form of healing, you know? And from being in healing group from 15 till into my 20s, um, you know, I, I knew that I was a healer and I knew that that was one of my um, jobs here, you know, while I'm doing this incarnation. And I was like, this, this is how to do it. This is how I want to do it. And so I ended up creating um, the podcast with a, with a co-host at the time. And we brought people on, you know, we would research topics and we'd share those topics. And then we'd also bring people on to tell their stories and it was just this incredible journey. And uh, I mean, and from there, uh, you know, KPNL was born because not only did I want to cater to the experiencers, but I really wanted to elevate those in our community that are doing what I'm doing and be like, you know, you're giving these people a stage. You're having an active hand in this healing and so I wanted to bring everybody together in one place and really uh, let them, you know, the difference with my network is that I want it to be a canvas for everybody that is there. I don't want to constrain you with time limits or exclusivity or anything like that. Um, I want them to really be able to to flourish there because the main goal in everything that I'm doing, whether it's the caravan, whether it's KPNL whether it's any book that I publish, it's healing. That's my goal. That is such a beautiful message. I, I want to thank you so much for your time tonight talking about this topic. Uh, once again, I, I love Halloween, but I always, I always kind of cringe <laughs> with the misunderstandings that people have of, uh, uh, just indeed the, the occult and Wicca and witchcraft and, it's history to begin with. So um, thank you as a practitioner for coming in and talking about that. I'd love to have you on again and again talking about this oh. topic and so much more. Um, I would love that. I'd be honored. This was truly incredible. Thank, thank you, you so much for having me. Oh, absolutely. Anytime. Uh, before we let you go, let let everybody know where they can go to catch up with the Caravan oh, yeah. of Lore, where they can go to follow you. Uh, where they can go to follow KPNL Radio. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken, you have an app coming out soon. Is that right? I do. I do. So we had an app on Android for KPNL, but the hosting company that I use, they, mm -hmm. they redid it, so I have to relaunch it. Uh, so I'm in the process of relaunching a new Android app for KPNL. Great. Um, so where to find it all? <laughs> if you go to Google... And you type in KPNL radio, it should be the very thing, the very first thing that pops up. Uh, also, you know, it's KPNL-DB.com. Uh, same thing with the caravan. You can type in the caravan of lore or the caravan library of lore on Google. It'll be the first thing that pops up. Um, social media, again, uh, Twitter, 
Facebook, Instagram, it's all Caravan of Lore or KPNL Radio. And then if you would like to speak with me personally, um, I am under Anne Celine on Facebook. Um, some people like email more. So that would be KPNL Radio at gmail.com. Fantastic. And where can they go for readings? Can they contact you just on Facebook, things like that for readings? Oh, more? yeah. Definitely. They can message me on Facebook. They could email me, um, whether it's through uh, KPNL or the caravan, uh, okay. any any of that. Totally. Great. Well, thank you so much again. And please do hold the line while we close things out. Uh, while you are online checking out everything from the amazing Anne Celine, as well as Caravan of Lore and KPNL Radio, Make sure to stop on by Curious Realm, folks. CuriousRealm.com is the website. That is where you can find all the episodes. That's where you can follow us on social media. There's all the platforms over there on the right. We also have our new Experiencer page. Stop on by CuriousRealm.com forward slash story, and you can share your story of the paranormal, uh, the extreme, uh, if you're a targeted individual, we have an anonymous form there. You can share your evidence, your pictures, videos, audio, everything else. We'd love to hear from you so we can pose these questions and uh, experiences to our professionals whenever they come on. So until next time, everybody, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and remember, stay curious. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of The Curious Realm. Stay tuned for more guests, forbidden topics, and hidden truths. Download the official Curious Realm app and view the Knowledge Vault on our website, CuriousRealm.com. Follow us on social media by searching Curious Realm. Curious Realm is available on your favorite podcast services, as well as YouTube, Roku, Amazon Fire, and Apple TV through the APR TV app. Available on all app markets. Curious Realm is a proud member of the HC Universal Network family of podcasts. For more great content or to become a sponsor of Curious Realm or other podcasts, visit hcuniversalnetwork.com today. Thanks for listening. Stay curious. And remember, the other side is always watching.